Kia and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Exeter Trials Football Podcast, the home of alternative football. Earlier today, I had the pleasure of catching up with the North Wellian Red Devil, Mr. David Pritchard. Unfortunately, I won't be able to share the full two hour and a half episode due to some technical difficulties on my side. But not to worry, I have managed to salvage the good parts of the pod where David is on the mic, where he discusses the impact of the coronavirus in schools, the dilemma of finalising the football season, and also sharing his unique competition that provides a welcome distraction for football shirt enthusiasts. The way I've edited this episode is more of a Q&A rather than a conventional podcast, but during these unpredictable times, we need to be able to adapt to the situation and work with what we have. I apologize again for the mix-up, but hopefully you can find some enjoyment in the next hour or so. This is the Exit Trials Football Podcast. strange it's really it's really strange at the minute we're in, we've been in the house for like two weeks now um will be tomorrow anyway and there's just like an eerie feeling all over the place i was walking through the village today yeah. and it's it's not the, like the biggest village in the world there's about three thousand people living in shandrig maybe a bit more but there was just nobody literally nobody around um maybe we bumped into a couple of walkers all the way around it's uh, and that's how it's been like that's how it is now you go out and uh, like you'll go maybe around because uh, i do I, I do like a jogging route where it goes to the next village and then back in again and sometimes you really won't see anybody and yeah but the, the strange thing is you hear people though because you hear them in the back gardens and you hear them in the grass I, I don't think the lawns in shanrique have been as tidy as they are now like ever because i think everybody's like non-stop mowing their lawns and doing the hedges and the cars are shiny although they're not going anywhere so it's but i shouldn't be smiling because it's a genuinely serious situation where where unfortunately people are getting ill and we hear about people passing away and so at the minute especially where we are in 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 our in our maybe household in the, in the family in the, the people our circles it hasn't really affected us yet um thankfully i i don't think i know anybody who's who's been affected personally by it um but yeah it's it's just this strange time that we're that we're going through yeah i'm sure the listeners would be interested to know what you do for a job and how are you working during the lockdown i'm a teacher so i've got like 30 children in my class um and in my year which is year five which is nine and ten year olds there's 60 or 59 in in our year so the school has roughly 400 kids so we're all teaching online now um through uh, this there's there's uh, like a hub it's called hwb means hub in in english and the, the welsh government pays for it and uh, 
Windows, like Microsoft, has um, pr- provides some some resources through it, and also Google. They've got mm. Google Classroom. So what we do is we send uh, work home through that, so the kids get it through their through their own like classroom uh, profile. They yeah, they get sums and they get worksheets, and we set them challenges. Um, online maths puzzles and so on and we try to get parents involved as well but of course a lot of them are working from home as well so yeah we've just all over all over Wales same as in New Zealand I, I, from what I gather there's just uh, every every single child is home trying yeah. to do work when they can in between playing Fortnite and stuff like that. Just out of curiosity does every child in your classroom have access to a computer or a laptop at home? No is the honest answer because yeah. a lot has access to the to the internet but that's not the same as having access to to, to resources that allow you to work online or we'll see the work on their phone which doesn't really allow you to do any work or even an iPad when you're when you're nine years old you need a keyboard to do some of the work that we ask them to do. But yeah, to get around that, what we've done is we've sent like books, just empty workbooks home, maths books and and writing books. So at least if they can open the instructions, they they can do a little bit. Um, But that is an issue, especially because we live in in, uh, just outside Carnarvon, which is, although it's a rural area, that's an inner city, we we work in inner city schools, to all extent and purposes, and so money is tight in some of these in some of these areas. Like I mean, really tight. And a laptop for for, for the child isn't is what well, can't be a priority for everybody. And yeah, especially as I was saying, if if if, if one of the parents need to work from home as well, there might be only one computer in that household. So it's uh, what can you do you can try and make the best of a situation by we try to make sure that some of the work we send home as long as they can open it on a phone like a pdf or something like that um, they can just go ahead and do it on paper or or by discussing and stuff like that so how much time did you have to prepare for the lockdown we shut on it's two weeks last Friday, so not Friday, the Friday before. And I think we knew we were going to be shutting up maybe Tuesday. Yeah. Or we had an idea. No, that's we had an idea we were going to be shutting on the Tuesday because I remember we spent basically all day on that Tuesday just preparing work to send home with kids, like a pack the last two weeks until the until Easter. Because what we'd been told then was that we'd be shutting until Easter and then reviewing the situation. But by the end of the Tuesday, or certainly by Wednesday we knew that we were going to be closing on 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 the friday and it all by once we knew we were closing it, it made things easier because it then became like an exercise in making sure the kids were okay and weren't panicking because we need to think about anxieties and think that the thing what i think what's going to stick with the kids in all this is the worry they saw the adults going through um because a lot of them, thank goodness, aren't going to be affected by the illness itself. But we don't know what effect on their mental health is going to be and what they're going to remember. Um, so, yeah, the final few days was less about the work, although we did work, and more to do with just reassuring and making sure that they were okay and just understanding what was appropriate of the situation and, uh, and, and so on. So what's a normal day like for you now then? Now, um, now I'll I'll 
I'll try and start work like half eight um, as I would do in, in, in school. Um, and it'll mean making sure that the tasks are ready to go online by, yeah. by roughly nine. Um, and then I need, I, I try to be like online for kids and for any parents between 10 and, and 12. So if they're, if they're having trouble with logging in or with the work, we're around for that. Um, we call parents as well and say hello to the kids. That that takes a long time. But we try and I try and do like six or seven every day, maybe five minutes with each. So by the time that's done, nearly an hour's gone between yeah. talking to the parent and the kid. Um, and then it's about assessing the work the kids send in, making sure that the work for the next day is 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 ready. Because like what's difficult about this as well, when we're in the class with them, automatically we can go on our knee and we can we can mark with them and we can assess how they're doing and mm. we know if they're understanding the work or not but we just got to kind of send it out in a way with the best instructions and explanations that we can yeah just hope that they'll have a go at it and do what they can and trying to get parents involved and that's the, that's the most difficult thing about it is not being able to just oh yeah yeah let's do it like this or have you thought about this way of doing it or okay let's have a stop there and do something else and yeah it's a very strange thing it's not teaching really it's sending out work and yeah and then there's just so much there's so much difference in the in the the amount of time that a parent can give compared to another one because some of these parents are in really important jobs um, NHS work and and council jobs and um, yeah, making sure that the like money is going to to the correct places if they're working in local governments and you can't expect these like uh, parents to give two hours, three hours a day to home homeschool their kids. It's it's just yeah. not realistic. Um, so, but some of the tasks we we have to make sure that they're fun tasks and things that they want to do um, are not just page of of sums every day or a piece of writing and answer a few questions on it we've had to change the nature of the tasks quite quite dramatically so how long do you think this is going to last for it's 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 just impossible to say because i don't think that the situation is going to get better like that it's going to be a gradual process of of things improving so and no government's going to be it is going to be keen on jumping the gun and getting things back to some sort of normality before 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 people and and things have are ready so i can see us being here a bit longer than than certainly the end of this month I'm hoping it's not going to be until the summer I really I'm, I'm genuinely hoping for that because you're looking at then three or four months of kids not being in school and we kids all i've got no doubt that especially the kids in my class of the age that i'm teaching they'll catch up it's not going to be an issue for them in in 10 years or whatever but i think what could be uh, the issue could be is kids are going to be used to not going to school to being home and used to being in control maybe of their own day as in how much work they do and when they're going to work and maybe even refusing to do work <laughs> on a particular day and uh yeah that's that's my biggest worry that people are going to just they're going to 
they're going to get used to the idea. Oh, hold on, I'm I, I'm not in school today. I'm I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah, tell me more about the shopping situation over there. Is it safe to go to a supermarket? Well, um, it's we're allowed to go shopping. Yeah. Um, I think from what, because you sent me a photo from when you were going to pack and save, and it's kind of the same idea. You've got to queue if there's a certain amount of people in the shop, yeah. and you've got to queue sensibly, like two meters in front and back, and making sure families, if they, if they if they go, nobody does it, but families stick together in one bunch. Um, and then once you're in, you have to go around in a certain pattern, and if you get something, well, that's it, or queue to go back in again. So you like making, I'm hopeless at making lists, but so important. So yeah, so that's, that's still happening. Um, there's a butcher shop uh, so, um, just down our street. They're still open, but there's a limit of like three people that can go into that st- shop at the same time. And the same with a local convenience store. You know, there's only a certain amount of people that can go in there. Mm. Um, and, but by now, the, like the, the panic buying from what I've, because I, I haven't been shopping for a couple of weeks now, from what I gather, the panic buying is kind of stopping because there's only so many tins of beans and tomatoes you can buy. And the only thing I think that's still low is toilet roll. That's still, I, and pasta as well. Pasta yeah. and toilet roll, that's still gold dust. I was in Carnarvon, a local town, on on the Friday we were we were shutting. And there was a, there was a, a a pound shop, like a dollar store, selling um, toilet rolls, and I can't remember, like a pound or something like that. And I just couldn't face going in to buy one because I'd never been to that shop before. And <laughs> I, thought, I wouldn't be okay if I went there and bought the, that toilet roll because, yeah, going to that shop a lot, that I should be able to buy it. So I didn't. No. So we might be. <laughs> papers by this time next week (laughs) (laughs) just before boris initiated the lockdown i saw a few disturbing photos of people flocking to the countryside and national parks of wales mainly Snowdonia. did you happen to see these holiday makers yeah i I didn't see them myself i've seen photos i've definitely seen the ones up up snowden uh, snowden's the tallest mountain in wales and it's just up the road from where we live it's about yeah, it's it's just over a thousand meters tall, so it's not very high, but it's a good walk. And that was filled the like the car park. Um, there's a car park about a quarter of the way up, and that was that was filled like, like a normal uh, Easter type weekend, and cars parking on the road all the way down to the to like to the bottom of the of the path going up. Um, there were there were scenes in in Bala, which is if you put a pin in the centre of Wales, it's, it's basically there. People were protesting there, um, sticking like a van and a trailer across um, the entrance to a car park to stop people going to surf and wind surf on, on, their, on, their, on, on the lake. It's, it's like a huge lake there that people tend to use for water sports. And yeah, people got annoyed. There's a, there's a sign just, just up from where we live um, saying, go home. Um, this is a, this, and you've got to remember this is an area which is totally, well, not totally, but very dependent on tourist money. The what you call the sector, uh, the, the catering sector, and just to see this like hard message being being said, like, go, it was was 
was was was strained and what 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 really annoyed people was that the holiday homes were, were starting to fill because mm-hmm. people got people got second homes in 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 north wales especially northwest wales where we live some of the villages are nearly half of the houses if not more are holiday homes and second mm-hmm. homes and people were, we were people were kind of ex- escaping to to this part of of wales and and over the border as well, not just from within Wales, but over the border from yeah. further afield in, in England as well. And I, everybody's got a right to be to feel safe and and to make themselves and their family safe. But I think it's it's very irresponsible to to move from a, an area where there's definitely uh, the COVID nineteen has set in and move it to an area where at the time it hadn't. That's no. just stupidity. So let's get into some football. I know there hasn't been much action unless you're a fan of the Belarusian Premier League. But I hear that all football in Wales has now been suspended. How has that affected your brother's team? Oh, it was, uh, do you know what? They were fifth. And the best, genuinely, like the best season they've had for years and years and years. Because mm. um, that league's gone from 11, I think, last year to like 16 or 17 this year. Yeah. And they were they were doing so well. They'd only I think they'd only lost one game at home, and they were free scoring as well, <laughs> were like three, four, five nils at times, or three ones, five twos, and stuff like that. And then everything stopped. We were the last game was a classic against a very good team from Nevin. And yeah. Nevin is on the on the Sheen Peninsula. If you go to the like if you if if you follow the 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 roads to the to the West Wales, yeah. sort of top bit of the scene, and that's where Duffy's from, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you're right. He's from yeah. Nevin. I forgot that. But then, yeah, they beat Nevin in in gale force winds. They were up two nil at the break, and then Nevin came back, and they were they Nevin scored a penalty, and really should have scored a couple more because they had the wind behind their back, and they were hammering. But like in the in the in, in injury time, Wayne Val, my brother's team. Like the, the big striker, tall, thin, fast. He went round like three of them and dinked the keeper. <laughs> and ah, if there was one way of ending the season, we might as well finish it like that because it was, it, was it was a good finish to the game. So where does that leave the team at the top of the table? Bangor 1876, will they be promoted? Well, I, I'm not sure because there's going to be restructuring. So I yeah. think they might end up going up anyway. Uh, yeah, there's... Because there's there's a few local teams which are doing quite well, like my village Sandrig and the village I come from, Samberis. They they've been punching above their weight for decades, and they, it looks as though they're going to be forced to come down a few levels now because they're either their pitch isn't big enough, things like parking facilities and and things like I think even I think you've got to have a stand for like fifty people 
Chamberis has one, but Chambéric doesn't. Um, so, like two good, very good teams, which are which, which they, yeah, they don't pay their players apart from maybe like travel costs. Mm. Are gonna, I think they're going to be forced to come down at least a tier, if not two. Do you think there'll be no promotion relegation across the board? I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. Mm. I think I think they're going to be saved in, especially in the below the top two tiers by the restructuring. I think okay. that's definitely going to help them, yeah. because I probably some of the relegations and and promotions would have been uh, cancelled out anyway by, by the by the restriction of the league. Yeah. Um, because what they're trying to do is they're trying to, they're trying to get the pyramid a bit more even, because in some parts of Wales like this area, you've got maybe like six tiers to the pyramid, and maybe another part of the country you've only got four. Yeah. So they're just trying to even it out, but by doing that, some te- some teams are going to be losing out, like really losing out, just because of a couple of meters short on their pitch or something like that. When it's you, you're you're going to be you're going to feel hard done by aren't you? <laughs> just looking at the table of the Welsh Premier League, Connors Key Nomads are currently top of the table. Do you think it would be unfair if the FAW were to deny the Nomads their first league title? Yes. And I really thought they were going to actually do it this time, break the TNS monopoly. TNS is, um, I'm not sure if you've spoken about them before, they're the professional team in Wales, which win every game and they've won the league like nine times in a row, probably. And it looked as though finally somebody was going to beat them to the title. And... It looks as though it's not gonna. It's not. No, gonna no, no, no. It is gutting. It's gutting for everybody. Although, like, there's no doubt that TNS they dro- they've dro- drove they've drove up the, the standard of the league and they've forced everybody else to try and mm. catch up with them. But it's, it's still boring if the same team wins. It's like looking at Scotland. It's when you know Celtic are going to win it every year. It's a bit pointless, isn't it? Yeah. So, but uh, it would have been lovely to see somebody else winning it but it, it looks as though because yeah it looks as though that's not going to happen this year well looks like we've got the same issue just across the border what do you think is going to happen to Liverpool there's no doubting that they would have won it but they didn't they haven't won it yet it's yeah. not mathematically theirs they're still they still need like two games to go their way so I'm I'm I'm, I'm not gonna well I'm lying now. There's no joy to be had from seeing Liverpool suffer in 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 the league, um, but it would be quite funny if they <laughs> if they got the title by everybody else saying, "Oh, let's just give it to them." Um, I don't. I don't think it'll happen. I think they will. I I, I think if the I think if the league isn't finishing, it isn't finished. I think Liverpool might just get it by default because they're so far ahead. And um, yeah, there's going to be there's going to be like a situation now in thirty years where they won't have win it won't have win win it again in that thirty years, and like they'll be coming to Old Trafford, and like Man United fans are going to be there with with um, white handkerchiefs. <laughs> Do you think being awarded the title is the same as winning the title? No, it isn't. It w- and it won't be that. It won't be as it won't be as satisfying as a Leicester supporter or. I don't know who was the lead sort of Blackburn supporter that's like went once in the past so many years. So 
And there's always going to be an asterisk by their name, mm. like title awarded, not title won. <laughs> the only thing that might happen, that might work in favour is like the World Cup in Qatar. That's going to mess up the, the calendar anyway. So yeah. maybe maybe teams will work something out. I don't know. Mm. Um, I could possibly see that happening. But then you've got the Euros now. They've said it's going to happen this time next year. Um, yeah, as you say, it's. No, as you say, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult to finish this season mm. because it's time constraints and player contracts is gonna they're gonna run out, um, and uh, if it was any other well not not any other team I wouldn't want Man City to be winning it but if it, <laughs> if it was the Leicester City nearly there and be, that being taken from them I'd be gutted I really would be gutted but. <laughs> I've got. I've had to listen to like Liverpool fans mm-hmm. for three years now, going on and on, on and on about this being the best team like the world's ever seen. Um, and I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be. I. I wouldn't be breaking my heart if they were just given the title. If the Premier League season were to end right now, do you think the league will face legal action from the TV broadcasters? It depends. It de- it, there must be something in the contract, I'm guessing. If, what ha- Not maybe something to do with like an illness or a, yeah. or a virus that goes around, but in the case of the season not being able to finish, mm. is there, there might be clauses there. Because, I'm, yeah, I've, I've got no idea. It, yeah. It's so... It's, because the relationships between like TV companies and 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 the and, and football itself or the league, it's just so so close. And one, it's one is totally dependent on the other, and the other is totally dependent on the on the one. Hmm. You're thinking about the money that goes into the Premier League, but also if you think back, maybe if you remember um, the fiasco with ITV Digital, there were a like a. a, a the cable company that went bust after promising a huge amount of money to the um, to the to the championship to yeah. the second year, and a lot of those clubs they were they, they were banking on that money coming in for three years and they'd spent, and they'd spent it before uh, before having before getting the money really. So when ITV Digital inevitably went bust after promising so much money to to a second tier competition. A lot of the lot of those clubs, like yeah, they they were struggling for a bit after that. So it's difficult to say, isn't it? I think we've yet to see the extent of how much damage this will cause the game across all levels, particularly the football league and non-league clubs, clubs that rely heavily on match day revenues. Yes, and corporate boxes and yeah. and uh, sadly, yeah, probably I can see some somebody going. I I, I can't see who, but. I can see somebody going out of business because yeah. you think about Bolton. How on earth are they surviving now? Because yeah, because yeah, they they had no money 
to begin with. The only thing I'm guessing with some somebody like Bolton is their players are probably on very short-term contracts. Yeah. So they might uh, that might help them. I don't know. I'm sure everyone has read about the developments at Newcastle and Spurs, where staff are facing drastic cuts while players are still being paid a full wage. Has football lost its grip on reality? Certainly at the top level. And your responsibility towards the community that they're based in. Um, mm. if, if, not all of them, uh, um, but like the, some of the clubs who've been reading about today, Newcastle is one that comes to mind. They're surely at some level, reality has to, like, has to stare them in the face and say, okay, this isn't okay that we're, that we're going to keep one person. doesn't matter who that person is, like one person on a few thousand pounds every day. But in order to do that, we're going to have to get rid of all these other people that are getting paid maybe a few hundred pounds a week. Yeah. It's, it's, that is just, that, that's lunacy. Like a one player's wage halved would save how many jobs? It's, there's talk of like taxing clubs that do that now. So, yeah, at a time where, where people have been losing jobs, especially mm-hmm. self-employed people are losing money left, right, and center. You can't, you can't, you can't sack 10 people yeah. and keep like a, a left back on, on 100 grand a week, can you? I think football, particularly at the top level, has lost its soul years ago. I'll just put this out there now. You're a teacher, you're still working, while these footballers may be training from home, uh, but they're certainly not playing on the field. Why should they be paid a wage for not doing their job? It's, I can see the argument there. That mm. the, the only thing I'd say is they, they have got a contract and if they're injured, they don't play. It's just, this the, the situation we're in is just, it doesn't. It never comes up, it never happens, mm. um, especially in, in, in Europe. And they should be the first people to say, hang on, I don't need this extra 100 grand this week. Yeah. Keep it, pay somebody else. And I genuinely, I understand as well that some footballers, are, they've got commitments. Maybe if, if they've moved here from a country that, that where, whose infrastructure isn't uh, as, as well built, where, where they send a lot of their pay packet back home to pay mm. for projects. I can understand that, genuinely, yeah. I can. Um, but we're talking about like very rich British and European men here. Mm. Uh, yeah, they they've got they've got careers in front of them to make to make money. Just yeah, yeah just for the for this few months. Just yeah, make a gesture at least. A player who's made a gesture is Aaron Ramsey, who's donated £10,000 to a local charity in Cardiff. But Paul Rambo has faced a lot of abuse from keyboard warriors who are quick to point out his weekly earnings over €450,000 per week. Yeah, that, that's, uh, we, yeah that's, a, that's a specific situation, I guess, where yeah. he's done the right thing and he's, he's, I think he's given another 10 today, isn't he? Yes, he's, yes. He's given 20000 now. Um, and... Like a f- fair play to him. He's got mm. the money. He, he probably should be doing it. Um, I, I can get one thing as well. Maybe like a lot of these players, they've got their own like foundations and charities they support. Mm. And I know those charities they need to be they, they need to be funded as well. And but they're doing like good work and all that. Yeah. So I can I can understand it from that point of view as well. Um, but it's 
some of these players with, with, with that play for for the bigger teams that they're on they're on such an astronomical amount of money and when you think about it as well what's 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 important to remember is like nearly well about half of the money that they make goes yeah. as, as tax so in a way like taking a, a if they if if they took a 10% cut well They'd, in a way, it would be more money that the club would have to 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 pay the the workers on less money because they wouldn't have to be paying as much tax to the government on it. So it would like even a small gesture would mean double in a way to to, to the the people on very low wages. All right, Davs, it's time to tell us about your competition. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, at the minute I'm running, uh, it, it's more to entertain myself. It's a little football shirt competition. Um, what I'm doing really is I'm, I'm making up for, for the, for like the Euros as it's happening. So I'm entertaining all of the people that follow me. <laughs> by, <laughs> I've got, I've got grand, grand ideas like above my station and all that. But I pitched two different kits against each other in a knockout competition. So there's 32 to begin with, and I paired, I've paired them up. And it's all been done legit as well. Two teams out of a hat a couple of weeks ago. Um, my wife helped me like pick the, the 32. They're not necessarily the best or my favorite 32, but they're like 32 that I've, I might be able to tell a story about as well. Because I try yeah. to do that as well, not just pitch them against each other. But I try to get like a little story about, uh, what does that shirt mean to me? Or maybe mm. something about the style of it um, or why I've got it in the collection. Mm-hmm. So I'm up to game 10, I think, today. I missed out one yesterday because I, I was just doing a lot of work and admin <laughs> stuff and I, I, I didn't remember in time. Um, so today it was uh, the Italy kit from 97 to 99 against a very nice but not nothing special Juventus shirt from a few years back with a horrible like bet click sponsor on the front yeah and I'm I'm gutted that that Juventus shirt is in the lead by a long way I think by now I did I, I thought it was going to sail through yeah. yeah I was about I was a bit worried that I'd, it had been picked up against Juventus though because Juventus is, it's a brand isn't it in its in itself so yeah, I'm I'm about halfway through the first round now, and the like the route has all been mapped out. I can't fix fix this at all. The only thing I'm allowed to fix is the order I um I introduce them. So and as it happens, and this is this is this is totally legit as well. No fixing today. Uh, no tomorrow. Sorry, the third over here. So today in New Zealand. It's uh, my wife and I. We've been married for ten years tomorrow. So um, the two kits that against that are going against each other tomorrow is the kit I got on my honeymoon, on our honeymoon, I should say, in Edinburgh, which is a heart kit. 
and the kits I bought when we went on the first big holiday after getting married around France, which is a Stade shirt. And they've been like genuinely just by chance they've been paired together so it'll be interesting to see which one of those will go through i believe uh, the extra trials fc home shirt is in the mix as well what's our chances yes i i, I do you know what i haven't i i also try and go according to color as well so i'm trying not to get like loads of red ones because i had quite a bit of wales ones at the beginning of the competition so i've 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 um, I've left the, the 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 exit trial shirt towards the second half of like of the first round. Just got uh, yeah, I was getting a lot of, of red shirt all in one go. Yeah, did you get that? Uh, did you get that uh, brown envelope in the post? Uh, there? <laughs> yeah, I won't need it if you if you get everybody who's listening to vote because there's a Google there's like a quiz as well uh, attached to my Instagram, which you, you can vote for all of the of the ones that have been and that are yet to come in the um, in the first round on that one. So the, the, the thing is, there's a, there's a nice story to be said about that, the, 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 um, the kit you gave me, because yeah. I'll be able to mention like the trip down to, down to Auckland and, and uh, down to Palmerston North from there. And I'll be able to talk about the, like the, the meal we had with you and your family. And that, that sort of thing comes, in, comes into it as well. Mm. Like what does the shirt remind you of? Not necessarily a particular game or just a particular like period of your life or being somewhere at a certain time. Yeah. So, and I've I've genuinely I'm not just I'm not just saying this. I've had a good few like, people sending me messages to say, ah, oh, I I, lo- I like what you're doing and I like the stories behind the quiz as well, because it's. It's a, it's a bit of a cliche because you've got loads of people doing stuff online now. Yeah. Some people playing guitars and some people singing, which is brilliant. And it's I, I guess it's just part of that movement that's happening now. Mm-hmm. People are doing things to entertain themselves and trying to entertain others if it's possible as well. And if if other people are finding it interesting, I'm I'm quite happy about that to be honest because. Football shirts, I, I genuinely, it's a passion of mine. So, like, it's something I really enjoy looking at and, yeah. and collecting and having. And it's just been nice having to share that with, with a handful of people that, 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 that like to, to read about it. And that's all we have time for, folks. You can find the link to Davis football shirt competition on our Instagram story highlights at the Exit Trials. Uh, go ahead and follow the North Welling Red Devils page at David Pritch. D-A-F-Y-D-D-P-R-I-T-C-H uh, We'll be plugging his competition for the rest of the week. Make sure that you vote for our very own Extra Trial shirt. We're up against some stiff competition. Thank you once again for listening to a very different type of Extra Trials football podcast. Um, I'll make sure my mic's on the correct settings next time. Shout out to David and his wife, Gwenor. Um, happy 10-year anniversary. I don't own any of the songs featured in this episode, but Davis' brother plays in the band, so I'm guessing I'm allowed to play it. Anyway, check out the odds next time you're on Spotify. Lastly, to the listeners, I hope that you're all safe wherever you are in the world. Stay home, be kind, be safe. Until the next time, Kaki Dano. Yeah.